Chapter fourteen of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter fourteen. Valerie close of December, eighteen thirteen. Combourg, College of Rennes meeting with Gerille, Moreau, Limolin, marriage of my third sister. At Combourg, I found that which nourished my piety, a mission in which I followed up my religious duties. I received confirmation on the perron of the castle, with the peasant boys and girls, at the hand of the bishop of Saint-Malo. After this, a crucifix was erected, and I assisted in holding it, while it was being fixed on its base. It still exists. It rises before the tower in which my father died. For thirty years it has not seen a human face at the window of that tower. It is no longer saluted by the children of the chateau. Every spring it waits for them in vain. It sees only the returning nightingale, companion of my childish days, more faithful to its nest than man to his home. Happy if my life had glided away at the foot of this crucifix, if my hair had been blanched by the days which clothed with verdant moss this venerated crucifix. I soon set out for Rennes, there I was to continue my studies and finish my mathematical course for the purpose of subsequently undergoing an examination in order to become a naval cadet at Brest. Monsieur de Fayol was principal of the College of Rennes. This Tuilly of Bretagne boasted of three distinguished professors, the Abbé de Chateaugiron for the second, the Abbé Germain for rhetoric, the Abbé Marchand for philosophy. There was a great number of students, both boarders and day scholars, and the classes were full. In later times, Geoffroy and Gangrenet of this college would have done honour to St. Barbe and Plessis. The Chevalier de Pagny had also studied at Rennes. I occupied his bed in the chamber that was assigned to me. Rennes seemed to me a complete Babylon, and the college a world. The number of masters and scholars, the extent of the buildings, gardens and courtyards, appeared to me boundless. Gradually, however, I got accustomed to all. On the birthday of the principal we always had a holiday and sang with all our might some splendid verses of our own composition in his praise, or we used to say, O Terpsichore, O Polymni, venez, venez, rempli la raison même vous convie. I acquired the same ascendancy over my new comrades, which I had formerly had over my schoolfellows at Dole, but it cost me a good many blows. The youngsters of Bretagne have a very peevish temper, hence we used constantly to send each other a challenge on walking days, appointing a meeting in the woods of the benedictine gardens called the tabor we fastened our mathematical compasses to the end of a stick or we engaged in single combat more or less rude or courteous according to the nature of the challenge umpires were appointed who decided which should throw the gauge and in what manner the champion should take the lead the combat did not cease till one of the parties declared himself vanquished I found my friend Gerille at this college, and, as at Saint-Malo, he presided at these engagements. He was my second in an affair which I had with Saint-Riveur, a young gentleman who became the first victim of the revolution. I fell under my adversary, refused to surrender, and my pride cost me dear. I said, like Jean de Maest, when going to the scaffold, I cry for mercy to none but God. At this college I met two men who afterwards became celebrated for very different causes. Moreau, the general, and Limoilin, the inventor of the infernal machine, now a priest in America. There is only one portrait in existence of Lucille, 
and this wretched miniature was done by limoelan who became an artist during the revolutionary distresses moreau was a day scholar limoelan a boarder it is rare to find at the same time in the same province in the same little town under the roof of the same college such remarkable destinies i cannot help here relating a trick which my companion limoelan played off upon the prefect of the week the prefect was accustomed to make his rounds in the corridors after we had retired to see if all were right and used to look in at a hole which had been made in each door for this purpose limoelan gerille saint rivaux and i slept in the same dormitory we had in vain stopped up the hole with a piece of paper several times the prefect pushed aside the paper and found us dancing about on our beds and breaking the chairs one evening limoelan without telling us of his project prevailed upon us all to get into bed and then put out the light very soon we heard him get up go to the door and then creep into bed again about a quarter of an hour after we heard the prefect walking along the passage upon tiptoe just as if he had some cause for suspecting us he stood still at the door listened peeped in and not perceiving any light who in the world has done that cried he rushing into the chamber limoelan was stifled with laughter and gerille speaking through his nose said in a half silly and half bantering tone what's the matter monsieur le prefet as for saint rivaux and me we laughed till we were half choked and hid ourselves under the cover the prefect could not get anything out of us we were quite heroic all four were accordingly consigned to prison in the cellar here saint rivaux scooped out the earth under a door which communicated with the lower court he contrived to get his head jammed into this opening when a hog ran up to him and attacked his head gerald glided into the college wine cellar and set a cask of wine running limoelan demolished a wall and as for me a second parent d'andin scrambling about in an air-hole i collected a crowd of canaille in the street by my eloquent harangues the terrible inventor of the infernal machine playing off this polisson trick upon the prefect of a college calls to mind young cromwell scratching with ink the face of another regicide who signed next to him the sentence for the execution of charles i although the education which we received at the college of rennes was very religious my fervour relaxed the great number of my tutors and schoolfellows were so many causes of distraction to me i made considerable progress in the study of languages and was a proficient in mathematics for which i always had a decided turn i should have made a capital officer of the marine or of engineers i had a natural aptitude for everything i was equally alive to the grave and the gay i commenced with poetry before i got into prose the arts were my delight and i was passionately fond of music and architecture though very liable to get tired of anything i was capable of the most minute details being endowed with patience which was proof against every obstacle though fatigued with the object with which i was occupied my perseverance was greater than my repugnance i have never given up anything which was worth the trouble of finishing and there are some things which i have persevered in for fifteen and twenty years of my life with as much ardour on the last day as on the first this aptitude was also manifested in minor things i was quick at chess adroit at billiards hunting military exercises and was a tolerable draughtsman i should have been a very good singer if my voice had been cultivated all this added to the tone of my education and the life of a soldier and traveller prevented my feeling anything like pedantry or of assuming the dogged self-satisfied air the awkwardness and slovenly habits of other men of letters far less the haughtiness and assurance envy and vainglorious conceit of modern authors i passed two years at the college of rennes gerald quitted it eighteen months before me and entered the navy 
Julie, my third sister, was married in the course of this time. She was united to the Count de Farcy, captain in the regiment of Condé, and settled with her husband at Fougères, where my two elder sisters, Mesdames de Marigny and de Quebriac, already resided. The marriage of Julie took place at Combourg, and I was present at the wedding. I there met the Countess de Tronjoli, who afterwards distinguished herself so greatly by her intrepidity upon the scaffold. She was a cousin and intimate friend of the Marquis de la Rourerie, and was implicated in his conspiracy. I had never before seen beauty except in my own family, and was confounded now to perceive it in the countenance of a stranger. Every stage of my life opened a new perspective before me. I heard from afar the seducing voice of the passions which were about to overcome me, and I flung myself at the foot of these sirens, attracted by an unknown harmony. It turned out that, like the chief priest of Eleusis, I had different incense for each divinity. But the hymns which I sang, while burning this incense, could they be called balmy, like the poesy of the Hierophant? End of chapter 14